So I spent a lot of time this week just kind of praying through and thinking about like what God wanted me to say. And of course I was given what to say because Cor was like, Hey, this is what you're doing. So, um, but, but, uh, but I just spent a lot of time in Ephesians because we're, we're in Ephesians. We're in the armor of God. And so I was like, I'm just going to get, I mean, I've, I've read through Ephesians, but I just started reading through it every day. So I just started reading through Ephesians every day and just getting really well acquainted with it. And I, I, have you guys ever been to like those, um, those steakhouses, right? Like the, the Brazilian steakhouses like Rodigio Grill or Texas Day Brazil. And they bring that meat to you, you know, and like they cut it up for you. And then you guys know what I'm talking about. But you, they usually give you like this like stick or something that has like a go, like a green thing on it or a red thing. Like red means stop, green means go, right? And like if you put the red thing up, like you don't get any more meat. Well, I felt like that this week with the word because Ephesians is so tasty. It's just like, it's so good. And, oh, thank you. We're going to bring this right over here. All right. So I'm going to be in Ephesians 6. So if you have your Bibles, let's turn there. And, um, but just, just stay, sit, spending time in this letter with Paul. And look, Paul is constantly reminding the church in Ephesus um, of who they are in Jesus. Right? Very Pauline. Right. It starts off with this, like, this is who you are. Right. This is who you were. You were broken. You were messed up. You weren't worthy. Right. But this is who you are in Jesus. Right. And one of the first things he says in Ephesians is he says, you're seated with Christ in the heavenlies. Right. So right now, if you're a follower of Christ in this room, you're seated with Jesus in the heavenlies. Like that's your position. Like what a way to start a letter, you know. And then he says all authority, all rule, everything is underneath and subject to him. Right. Everything is subject to Jesus. Everything is underneath his feet and you're in him. Therefore, everything's underneath your feet. Hmm. But we don't live that way. Every one of us in this room knows what it feels like to go through hardship, to go through temptation, to be beaten down, to feel ashamed, to feel broken. Right? And we get to the end of this letter with Paul. And seriously, if you read through it, it, like I just challenge you to read through the book of Ephesians for just a couple of days. You're going to read through it. And it's like Paul's constantly reiterating the same thing over and over and over. And then he gets to this part. He says, finally, right? So we're just going to walk through a little bit. So here we go. And you were dead. And so this was us, right? This was all of us. Right. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins and you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world. Following the prince of the power of the air. Right. The spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. So then he points to remember in 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 Ephesians chapter six. Right. He says this. He says our battle is not against flesh and blood. But against the principalities and powers of the air, right? Well, here he says, the sons of disobedience, who is now at work in the sons of disobedience. But this is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. So the lies, right? And to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. 
You guys remember in Romans chapter 12, right? One and two, Paul says this, right? In view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. That word conform means that there is, that literally, there, you ever play with Plato? Yes. Okay. All right. Very good. Very good. Okay. So we've all played with Play-Doh and you know how like Play-Doh, like they give you those like things that form the Play-Doh, right? You squish it down and it forms to that. Paul is saying there's a pattern that the world's producing, right? And it wants you to be in that pattern. So whatever the world says, that's what the world wants you to do. We know this, right? I mean, there's a pattern right now in our world. Hello? Shoot. Sorry, I spit a little bit when I speak. You guys are in the wet. You guys are, I'm like Shamu. You guys are in the wet zone. Anyways. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> there's this pattern, right? And then Paul says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That word transform means metamorphosis. Be completely made new. Right? And here's Paul saying, Paul gives us the battle. He says, your old nature is constantly at war with your new nature. Hello? And Satan's going to constantly bait that to get you to do what you shouldn't do. Right? Does it make sense? We're tracking so far? Picking up what I'm putting down? (laughs) All right. Listen to this next verse. For at one time, you were darkness. So, feel good about yourself. You were dead. You were darkness. That sounds great, right? But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and is right and is true. So now you're a child of light. And listen, it's really hard to break free from that old nature. So let's look at Ephesians chapter six. Here we go. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. So we're not strong in us. It's not our strength. Amen. Like if you try to win this battle in you, you're going to lose. Satan knows how to get you. He's been doing this for a very long time. So it's not your strength. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty strength. Remember, you're seated with Christ in the heavenlies. You have every spiritual gift in Christ Jesus. The thing, like Jesus rules and reigns over all. You're in him and therefore you will also rule and reign with him. This is your place as a child of God. And the enemy's going to constantly try to tell you that you aren't that. Finally, be strong in the Lord. Put on the whole armor of God. They need to be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. We are called to stand. Stand our ground. Listen, none of this armor has anything on the back. Because you're not meant to run away. We're meant to stand. Amen? For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So our battle's not against our neighbor. It's not against our spouse. I know, I know. If you're married, that's kind of a... But, but, 
that doesn't mean the enemy can't use your spouse. <laughs> Saying that, like, you know, um, and, and what's crazy about this though, like, just go with me for a minute. If you're not married, just hang on. And maybe you'll not want to get married after I say this. But, um, <laughs> but when you weren't married, everything was great. You're like, I love this person. They're the best person that's ever lived. You know, and you're like, I just, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. And then you get married. <laughs> you see that? No, it does. It does. I'm 18. 18 years yesterday or Monday. 18 years yet Monday. But uh, something happens though. You go from go. I mean, you start to kind of question the person. You're like, what? Why did they say that? Why did he do this? And you start going. What does she mean by that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you're sitting on a couch watching TV. She just passes by, says something. And you're like, I don't, I didn't like the tone. I did not like the tone, you know? And you have those arguments, you know? And the first two years are clearly the hardest. You know why? Because Satan wants to divide what God wants to unite. And he wants to unite what God wants to divide. Come on. Sorry. All right. I get excited. <laughs> Therefore, take, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Now, this armor is already on you, right? You're clothed. In, this has to, Paul mentions this all the time. He says, put on the new self, right? Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what that is, right? You, you, it's already yours, right? You're clothed in his righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness. You're clothed in Christ. Not your righteousness, but his Right? So when the devil starts coming to you and you go, and he starts saying to you, you're not good enough. You're not worthy enough. God can never save you. God doesn't like you. Have you seen yourself? Do you look at yourself in the mirror? You should feel nothing but shame and guilt. And you can look back at him and say, look, I admit that I deserve all of that, but I have one who is stand, who stands in my defense. Amen. And it's his righteousness, not my own. I don't stand in, like, look, the same righteousness that Christ has, I have. You know how, oh my goodness, you know how much this would free us up if we really believe this, that you would really, that we would really believe that the righteousness I have or the righteousness that you have as a follower of Jesus isn't yours, but his. So the same standing that the son has before the father, you have before the father, man. And having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Listen, everywhere we go, we're, we're called to plant the kingdom flag. Do you know that when you go into the grocery store, light has come? Do you know that when you go into your neighborhood, light has come into that neighborhood? When you go, when anywhere you go, because you're the light of the world. Right? Jesus said, I am the lie of the world. He said that about himself. Then he said, and because you're in me, you are the lie of the world. Remember that song? This is a lot of mine. Right? <laughs> Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Won't let the devil f it out. Right? I mean, there's some good theology in some of these old kid songs. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith. And look, this, this shield, listen, the, the, the enemy is going to try to get you to doubt everything that God has said about you. And what we do is we, in those moments, we go behind that shield of faith and we say, no, this is who I am. This is who I am. 
with which you extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Because there's a lot of them. Right? Listen, he knows how to get to you. He knows your past. He knows how to bring that up. Right? He's not omnipresent or all-knowing or anything like that. But he, he can see what's in your head. And he goes, hey, remember this? You're like, oh, I've been trying to forget that forever. <laughs> like, why, why does that keep coming up? And we're also tempted and led astray by our own evil desires, right? James says that. So we're, it's double fight. But And take the helmet of salvation, which is this is where we're going to go, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So, helmet of salvation. Let's go there. Right? Um, yeah, there we go. Helmet of salvation. So this is the enemy wanting you to doubt that you even know him. Have you ever had this battle where you start to go, I'm not doing so great in my walk. Like, I, there's no way I could possibly be saved. Right? Did you see what I've... If No one wants their brain played on a big screen. Right? None of us. None of us want that. You know what I mean? And the enemy's going to exploit that and go, man, a saved person wouldn't think that. The helmet of salvation is there for us to know that we belong to him. When we start having that moment, we go, no, I know that I'm his. He has clothed me in his stance. I know that I belong to God. I don't care what you throw at me. I'm his. Right? And you have to remind yourself of that. Because, look, putting on this armor, when, when Paul says put on the armor, he's telling you to remember what he has said about who you are. That's it. It's not our strength. It's not in our ability. No, he's going, remember who you are. Remember whose you are. Because in the battle, the enemy, listen, everything that Satan does, every battle is essentially about this, to get your focus off of Christ and get your focus on you. Come on. Because what happens? If you get puffed up, whose eyes are on? Whose eyes are you on? You're on you. If I get puffed up, my eyes are on me. If I start to believe, oh, I got this. You know what I'm saying? Some of us come to church and we're like, I'm the best person here. You know what I mean? Like, we walk in, we're like, I got, you know, I'm all the anime. I got chips with some french fries on the side. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we, we, we tend to think we can get to a place where we think that it's not his righteousness, but our own. There's nothing good in you and me, but Jesus. Come on. But Satan's going to try to puff you up because what happens then is you get your eyes off of Jesus and on you. Or he's going to try to get you so beaten down that all you can see is your problems. Because what's happening then? Your eyes are also not on Jesus, but on your problem. Remember when Peter's in the boat with Jesus, right? Y'all know where I'm going. Come on. And, and, and Peter's like, listen, for the faults that Peter had, like, I, you know, even if I saw Jesus walking on water, I'm not so sure. I'd be like, hey. I can do that. Call me out. Right? But Peter, Peter's like, hey, I'll, if you tell me to walk on the water, Jesus, I know I can walk on the water. What happens? His eyes are on Jesus. He's doing fine. Right? All of a sudden, the wind and the waves start kicking up. And Peter's like, uh-oh. Right? And what happens? He starts to go down really quick. And Jesus is like, you have little faith, right? Helps him back up. Look, look, anytime, look, Satan's going to bring wind, waves, turmoil, stress, all those things.
We have to keep our eye. Remember, okay, Hebrews 12, right? Hebrews 12. Paul says, I believe Paul wrote Hebrews. We can argue that in our day. Um, but <laughs> Hebrews 12 says this. Therefore, setting aside everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily, he says, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. So all the people that have gone before us who have had victories, right? They've gone before us, right? And we're surrounded by this great, so he talks about Noah, Abraham, right? Chapter 11, hall of faith, right? Then he gets this, he says, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. The minute we get our eyes off of us, or the minute we get our eyes off of him and on us, we start to fail. And the enemy, every attack of the enemy will be that. It'll be your eyes on the circumstance instead of on Jesus. Right? Look, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know. I'm not you. But I know what I've gone through. And I know that every time I've done that, every time I've started to go, every time I've started to look at what's going on and go, because what happens? We start to go, God, I know that you saved me at this. What happened with Israel, right? It, God parts the stinking Red Sea. He makes water come out of a rock. <laughs> he makes bread. Well, technically it was called what is it? But anyways, he makes, which, which, why would you, anyways, okay. But he made like quail come down from heaven. Like, you know, and they start going, we don't think God's going to do for us what, and the whole time he's been doing it. And we look at our circumstances and we know the times that God has been faithful before. But for some reason, when a new one comes, what do we do? We go, I don't know about this one. I don't know, Lord. This one might be a little too much for you. Remember when Jesus is in the boat with his disciples and he's sleeping? You guys remember this? In the boat with his disciples, as a, he's sleeping, but what's going on? <laughs> so, <laughs> storms raging all around Jesus. And Jesus is sleeping. The disciples start freaking out, right? And they're, I don't know if they had buckets, but if they did, they're like shoveling buckets out. They eventually got to the point where they're like, we're going to drown. We're all going to die, right? Jesus is in, listen, the son of God is in the boat. God incarnate is in the boat. And he's sleeping. You've seen him heal the blind. Make deaf people be able to hear, right? Turn water into wine. Hello? That's pretty crazy, right? He's sleeping. You freak out. They go to Jesus, which, hello, we're told to do that, right? Hey, when things get crazy, go to Jesus. But how they go to them? They go, don't you care if I... Have you ever said this to God? <laughs> Have you ever been this honest in your prayer? Where you're like, Lord, don't you care if I drowned, Right? He gets, he gets up, rebukes the wind and the waves. But then he says something really profound to them. He says, oh, you of little faith. And it's like, wait a minute. I thought that's what we were supposed to do. I thought we were, I, I thought that that's what we were supposed to do. But what is faith in that moment? Listen, have you ever felt like God was silent in your life? 
Come on. Yeah. You ever felt like God was asleep? Like you're like, God, I'm praying, God, I'm praying, God, I'm praying. Nothing has happened. You know what I mean? Like you're, you know, you're starting to get like the disciples. You're like, I, I, I don't know what to do. Right? What if faith, what if they had just curled up next to Jesus and went to sleep? What if that's what faith looks like? Because Jesus isn't going to let the boat go down with him in it. He's in your boat. Well, let me rephrase that. You're in his boat. And if there are moments in your life that you feel like you can't get... This all has to do with this spiritual battle. If there are times in your life where you feel like, I, I, this one might overtake me. But you're like praying and you feel like God's being silent. Maybe he's not as concerned about it as you are. Maybe he's going, listen, I know the outcome. Just rest. Rest in me. Trust me. Listen. I I struggled. Anybody else in here ever struggled with anxiety? Okay. (laughs) Amen, preacher brother. No. um, So I I was wrestling with anxiety for like years. For a couple years. I was in a, I was, I was in this place of depression and anxiety. And I was, my prayers were more like, God, like, why am I, like, I'm, I'm a pastor. Like, why am I here? I don't understand. I, my life, like, I, I, I want to honor you in my life. Every, like, I want to give you everything, right? Like, that was, that was kind of my response to him. I don't understand why I'm in this place. I don't understand why I keep wrestling with this anxiety. And then I read Philippians 4, 6, right? And it said, um, do not be anxious about anything, right? Like Paul's. Paul's answer to anxiety is just not to be anxious. And you're like, thanks, Paul. <laughs> you know, like, like, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Right? So I started to just believe that. I was like, you know what, Lord? Your word says this. I believe it. And you know what I did? The moment anxiety started to stir up in me, I said, thank you, Lord, for my family. Thank you, Lord, for every good thing you've given me. Thank you for my life. Thank you for your love over my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank, and you know what happened? All the anxiety went away. It was, cr- and the peace of God really came. Like I, like, I was just like, yes, right? And that sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, we, we know this one, right? Because... What does Jesus do when he's tempted in the wilderness, right? He quotes scripture, right? We need, and look, that word there is not logos. It's a different word, which actually means a word for the moment. Come on. So Paul's saying the sword of spirit, which is the word of God. It's the word in the moment, right? It's the word you need in the moment. And so we need to, this word needs to be in us. Right? The word of God is living and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates the divine joint marrow, soul, and spirit. It judges the attitudes and thoughts of our heart, Hebrews 4.12 says. It is judging. Listen. As you read the word, part of God's cleaning up process is, have you ever read the Bible and been like, ooh, that's me? Right? And you're like, I didn't even know that was in there. Right? And it comes up to the service. You're like, ew. Right? And he starts to sweep it off. And you're just like, that's gross, Lord. I'm sorry. Right? Amen. Um, That was totally an amen right there. The fruit 
that is produced in your life is determined on whose word you are listening to and believing. The fruit that is produced in your life is dependent upon the word that you are listening to and believing. You guys remember the, the, the sower? Remember the story of the sower in the, in the fields? In the, you know, the path and the rocky soil and the... Remember? And that represent, the soils represent our heart. Well, some of us allow a different word to get in here other than God's word to tell us who we are, to tell us all about ourselves. Whatever word you listen to and believe, that's the fruit you're going to produce. And that's sort of the spirit is part of that. It's going, no, this is what, so the world comes in and says, this is who you are. His word comes in and says, no, this is who you are. Right? And you go, I'm standing on that word, not this word. I've been told enough in my life that I'm this over here. Right? By my parents, by my friends, by, well, not my friends, maybe not my friends. Well, maybe your friends, but anyways, but I've been told by all these people that this is who I am. But God says, this is who I am. And you know what? I'm going to go with God because he created everything. He made me. He knows me better than anyone else. If he says I'm okay, I'm okay. Right? The word of God has got to get in us. Otherwise, we will believe every lie of the enemy. Listen, I'm, and I'm, I'm almost done. I, I, I swear. I swear. Which actually is pretty good because it's only like 713. So if it was cord, we might have been going for a little while. <laughs> I'm just joking. Anyways, um... Don't fire me. Anyway, uh, no. Um, so, <laughs> so, uh, where was I? Lord help me. Okay. Um, the church today is laying down their arms. We're not believing what God has said. Churches are turning away from His word every day. And they're, and they're, and they're doing what, (laughs) they're doing what Satan did to Eve, right? They're going, did God really, when Satan comes and says, did God really say, they go, I don't know. How do we know if it's what God really said? Because it's in his word, right? All scriptures God breathed, used for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training us in what was right. But we are laying down our arms, man. We're not even standing anymore. We're literally letting the world come in. We're letting the world feed us everything it says. And let me tell you this. If you're a Christian in this room right now and you're not spending any time in the word of God, I almost guarantee that your life mimics more of the world than it does of God. If you are not, if you're in this room and you call yourself a Christian and you're not, I guarantee that you're probably going to have some kind of idea about sexuality. You're going to have some kind and, and it's all going to be, and, and it's going to be very mimicky of what the world says. Because you think to yourself, my Jesus wouldn't say that, or my Jesus wouldn't do that. And maybe your Jesus wouldn't, but this Jesus would. If you want to have victory in your life, if you want to have victory in your life, you stand by faith in who God has called you to be and who he said you are. That's how you have victory. Listen, we may lose some battles, but we're not losing the war. Amen? The war's already been won. Come on. Yeah. It's already been won. I'll close with this. Really, I mean that. You know, sometimes pastors say that and they're like, yeah, right. Um, 
<laughs> I really mean it though. Okay, that's not true. Because I have one more scripture. <laughs> then I'll be done. Then I'll be done. Spiritual battles. I don't know if that's out there. Yeah, spiritual battles are always an opportunity for us to grow stronger in our faith. Listen, spiritual battles are always an opportunity for you to grow in your faith. Right? They're always an opportunity for you to stand strong. Right? When you're tempted, God will give you a way out, which is kind of crazy because when you fall, it's totally your fault. Because God's going, I gave you a way out. Right? <laughs> yeah. So next time you're tempted, don't be like, God, I just can't get over this temptation. Like, God just won't help. No, he's not going to let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. That does not mean that he won't allow you to go through more than you can bear. We read that scripture all the time. We think, oh, well, it means that he won't allow me, he won't allow me to be tempted beyond what I can bear. That means he won't allow me to go through anything that's too hard for me. No, he will, because otherwise you wouldn't look to him. Right? <laughs> like, like, I have to go through bad things, and I have to go through things that I go, I can't deal with this. Right? So I go, God, you can deal with this. <laughs> right? Like, we, we have to have those moments. The victories we experience through Christ can help those who are going through the same battles. Listen, your battles are less about, there are some battles you're going to go through that are less about you and more about others. But when we go through something, another way the enemy likes to attack us, right? Another way the enemy likes to attack us is to go, this is all about you. This battle is all about you. And so you get, you get, instead of thinking, no, there's a redemptive quality to the battle I'm going through. Like there's something redeeming about this. God is going to use this, right? In the lives of someone else. So helmet of salvation, know you're saved. Know that. Rest in it. When the enemy comes attacking you on that, because he's going to get you to try to doubt that you even belong to him, go, no, I know I belong to Jesus because of what he's done for me on the cross. And look back to your baptism. Go, I know, I know that I know him. Right? And I'm trusting in what he did for me. Right? Soar the spirit, word in the moment. Listen, the Bible, whatever you're going through right now, the Bible has an answer for. Amen? So find it. Find it. All right. I'll leave you with this prayer because this is the prayer that Paul read. I totally meant to pray before I even started. I'm totally a bum, but Lord, forgive me. Um, I'm not a bum. I mean, I'm a blood-bought, purchased child of God. Amen? Uh, Yeah, that's right. Listen to my own self now. Um, But but listen listen to this. Listen to this, this, uh, what Paul says here. And there's like three three things in the book of Ephesians that says, for this reason, for this reason, right? And this is one of them. He says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth is named. Basically, he's just saying, all of creation, everything that lives belongs to God. That according to his, according to the riches of his glory, he might grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him, him, not you, now to him who is able to do more abundantly 
far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us. So there's this power that God is working in us. It's not our power, it's his power. He's working in us and he's able to do far more abundantly than anything we could ever think, ask, or imagine. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Daddy God, we just pray that, um, Lord, all of us in this room are wrestling with things, are stressed out about things, are tempted in some ways that we could never even imagine. We're struggling, Lord God, we're going through it. And Lord, I just pray that you would Help us to remember that we are clothed in this armor all the time. That our feet are fitted with your gospel, Lord God, with with the gospel of peace, the gospel that we have trusted in. We are grounded in that, Lord God. And everywhere we go, your gospel should be going with us. Lord, help us remember that we are clothed in your righteousness, that your truth holds everything together, Lord God. That when Satan comes at us and starts firing his fiery arrows, Lord God, that we stand behind this shield of faith and we go, no, I know what God has said about me, about the circumstance, about the situation. Lord, that we put on the helmet of salvation, knowing that we belong, that we are crowned with you. And Lord, that we would wield this sword, the sword of the spirit, the word in the moment, Lord God, that when things are going crazy, that we remember your word and that we would encourage ourselves to look to you and not to our circumstance. Lord, I pray that you would just help us to understand that you have already won the war, that there are battles we are facing, but you have defeated the foe. And you have left him without any weapons. And so, Lord, please help us to just trust what you say in your word. For we ask it all to your glory, King Jesus. Amen.